Hello and welcome to Talking Events, the industry podcast brought to you by Event Industry News. Um, We're recording today's episode of the podcast in one of the very plush hospitality suites um, at Twickenham Stadium. Um, An invitation was extended to Event Industry News and to the podcast by the events and the hospitality team here to come and record and uh, we thank them for that invitation and for the hospitality extended to us. Moving on with today's episode, um, joining us in the Talking Events studio, we have David Boswell. David, thank you for joining us. And uh, Nick Howden. Nick, thanks for uh, returning to the podcast, a previous guest on, uh, on Talking Events. Um, David, rather than me doing the introductions today, tell us a little bit about what it is you do with the industry, the company that you, uh, that, that you run. Of course. Um, so, uh, as you said, David Boswell from TSG, I'm the... Managing Director in TSG is an organisation which launched uh, last year, just before the summer, um, with a view to support um, the event industry, certainly the promoters, organisers, to reduce um, SPS, police costs. So what the resources of TSG have the capacity and capability to do is supplement or substitute police resources across the country. Uh, but a, a, a massive part of, of what we do supports existing security arrangements. So. You don't have to be an event organiser or an event to have police resources already in place. Um, you could just have your, your conventional security um, plans and TSG will come in to work alongside those um, as, as part of a multi-agency coalition and, and enhance those services to, like I say, um, support crime prevention strategies, uh, public safety. And, and Nick, let's come across to you before we go back to David and, and really talk about why why we're here today and the subject matter of, of um, security, of policing, of, of what it means now to, to a modern event organiser. You're, you're somebody who's been around the industry a, lo- a long time and, and, and can offer a bit of input from a number of different angles. Yeah, that's right. I was um, obviously, like us all, a, a punter first and foremost. And um, then I went on to report on events inside and out for 13 years um, before launching my, my own company, All Access Communications. Excellent. So, so going back to the idea of, of providing uh, SPS uh, services, let's just clarify, first of all, for the people listening uh, to the podcast, what we mean by SPS policing costs and, and, and the, the discussions and the ongoing discussions that are constantly taking place about those for event organisers. Directed to me? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So S- SPS is um, Special Police Service. It's, uh, it's essentially what um, any member of the public can do. They can apply to the police um, to, to hire their services, um, I suppose, to balance um, their threat and risk assessments. So the, the event industry, um, as we know, um, some events in, in certain parts of the country can have um, a, a varying range um, of, of police numbers on the ground, and the chances are that the event organiser is, is, is foot with a bill um, to, to, to cover um, those resources. And the, the, the discussion about the, the, those costs and where, where the, the line falls between I think what's termed as core policing and SPS is, is, is an ongoing debate, but very much what we're talking about with your particular offering is, is the idea that there are now services available via companies like yourself that can provide and meet those SPS costs. But what, what powers do you have? It, you know, is it a direct replacement for what the police can do? And what capabilities do you have in terms of replacing those police costs? So the, the, what we can provide um, is, is, is nothing more really than a PC can do on, on an event site in terms of utilising the terms and conditions of the event where we work with the organisers to make sure that the correct ones were in place. 
um, you know, and coincide with the any people powers of, of, of what we understand. So your section three criminal law, common law, breach of the peace. It's using all that legislation to be able to, um, you know, perform as a, as a police resource would on site. And, and it's that thorough understanding of the law um, in addition to all the, the physical aspects of the training that, that TSG go through um, that allow us to be able to go in and competently substitute or supplement police resources, which has a massive um, financial um, saving impact for, for organisers who currently pay for SPS. And of course, those that don't um, have an opportunity to be able to afford um, an, an enhancement in, in the security and safety plans, which I think is key for this day and age. And, and, and directed to both of you, I don't know whether you can offer an opinion on, on this one, Nick, but um, wh wh where does it, where's the differentiation between, you know, would security companies argue that they've got highly trained SIA staff who could actually deliver some of these aspects? Or is this, are we talking about another level of both training, skill set, competency that is, it can be delivered by uh, companies like David's? Well, they're, they're, to, from my opinion, there's a, there's a lot of really, really good um, private security companies out in sort of um, for the event industry. Um, and they do a great job within the confines of SIA. And David, I'm, I'm sure, will have a, a take on what he can do beyond that. But the SIA licence is the fence line, if you like, for the um, the private security companies. They will go up to that fence line and deliver everything thoroughly. But but essentially, you've got X number of event companies drawing from the same resource in terms of the the field of SIA licensed uh, individuals. So you've got a finite resource, all to the same trained to, to the same standard. So you need something that's more shoulder to shoulder with police to take it on to the, the, the other level, because otherwise you get to a certain point and you need to call in the police. And the organisers are tr quite understandably trying to contain costs by not having a burdensome amount of police on site, you know, taking from their resources. So that, and that bridge, basically, if you, can, if you can cost effectively sort of deal with that bridge across from the, from the private security company to the police, then I think you're in a comfortable position in a more threatening world. It, it is it cost saving? Is it cost effectiveness? Is it providing enhanced security? Um, how would you uh, define this sort of service, David? Because there, there may be some in the industry who, who, inevitably, the industry as a whole is paying a closer attention, uh, certainly in recent months, to its security, to the threat posed to visitors, to their staff, to the artists, to the site, to the event, to the building. Um, is this an, an opportunity for people to save money, to be more effective with it, or increase security, or a bit of both? I think it's a bit of everything, to be honest. Um, certainly, how the, how the model, um, you know, has been designed and been built, um, as Nick said, just to kind of back um, back that up with security companies. That there are a significant number of good security companies out there that go through the SIA, which is which is the governing body for for private security um, individuals, and and they do a great job. Um, you know, what they're not trained to do is deal with um, heightened antisocial behaviour, uh, respond spontaneously to crime, um, you know, manage crime scenes. That's not what are in the modules. Um, and that's all the, that's everything outside of a security remit that the security, uh, that the TSG officer can come in and, and facilitate, um, you know, commanded and instructed by, um, you know, which I think is an important point to make, senior um, ex-police um, officials, um, officers that, that are part of the TSG organisation. And 
the cost element uh, again is, is is something to um you know to, to to bring into the conversation and and, and to back up again because of there, there is a massive saving to be made and with, within the event organizers like i say limitations on on spending um you know that, that that's really important the savings they can make by using tsg resources um, can be better invested into to other parts of the event to enhance those as well uh, i hope you don't mind me throwing this in there but i'm going to read you a, a comment that was made on on event industry news if you don't mind um you have responded to it already, but just for the readers, um, when we we wrote or it was published on Event Industry News that, that your company w was launching and the services that you provide, um, there, there was a comment suggesting that it was a bit of a, an opportunistic attempt um, to get business out of a tragic situation. Now, I think they're referring to um, incidents at, at, at uh, major events or at sporting events, music events, um, and we won't go down the route of actually naming specifically what they are, but I think people are all aware of, of this enhanced security risk that there is. Um, is there anything wrong with identifying an opportunity and actually providing a service no, to I combat that? I, 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 I don't think so. Um, it, was, uh, it, it was timely in, in, in respect of organisations that may um, feel quite vulnerable um, in not knowing um, if there are any resources out there in place to be able to um, provide comfort or reassurance to their to their audiences, and that was uh, that that was really the angle of, of of you know speaking out at that specific time was to you know reach out to any organisations um, in in a time of need to to say we're here to support you. We have the expertise and the resources that can that can um, you know comfort um, and, re and reassure your audience and and, and make sure that. Um, you know, every, everything feels comfortable. Nick, I, I, go on. Nick. I, I think if you if the world's running out of petrol and uh, you're driving along the motorway, and there's someone with a solution, is it opportunistic to say, actually, I can get you to where you want to go, or or do you just say, well, actually, but I might be accused of exploiting? I don't think there was any attempt at all to exploit a tragic situation, mm. and I and I totally. I, I read it completely differently, and I think that you've, if you've got an answer, you stand up and say, I've got an answer, or you've got a, 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 you know, a, a, a different way around the bush. And I think that uh, it, was a, it was a crazy accusation to make, because you're like pointing at someone and saying, you're thriving on this, which, and I don't think anything could be further from the truth. I took that, when I saw that comment, I thought it was incredibly naive to, you know, to suggest for a minute that anybody was out to exploit a situation as tragic and as horrible as that. And, and as somebody who has, has had interaction with and, and probably knows quite well a number of the, the companies that provide stewarding and security um, within the events industry, um, do you see that there's a wider opportunity and a wider um, task for those companies to actually improve as a whole the level of security that they're providing at events and there's an opportunity for them all to perhaps develop another tier of operations um, in light of this. I think you need, um, and David correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you need to have more people under your permanent umbrella to do that and if, you're, if you've got a staff of 100 and 150 people then that's potentially the case but it tends to be a core, a finite core of people hiring temporary resource in mm. for each event which is absolutely the right way to go because you can't keep a, you know a team that big on 12 months of the year I mean yeah sorry sorry no, no. I was mm. going to say the, I mean the event industry you know it, it is seasonal there, there's events that happen all year round of course but you know in terms of all the security companies out there and the good ones um, 
you know, to try and train a, a resource, um, you know, and have that available is, is extremely um, expensive. TSG have invested um, thousands and thousands of pounds over, over the years in developing this um, over a span of, of, of six to seven years, in fact. It's not something that was decided overnight. It's taken a long time to get to, to this level um, and, and, and this capacity of resource. Um, so, you know, for, for me, I think that would be an, an unnecessary um, burden and, and, and stress to put onto, you know, existing already good security companies that, that are fundamental and, and provide um, a great service in terms of, uh, you know, your general day-to-day -day functions. Mm -hmm. But in terms of um, requiring a, a minority resource, such as, you know, the TSG or what the police would do, you know, there, there, there is an organisation here, um, you know, I represent that, that can go in neutrally um, without any conflict of interest to um, existing security companies and go in and support their resources and work with them. Um, you know, and I think that's another key thing as well. There is no conflict of interest. We're not there to, um, to replace security services. Um, we're, we're there to, to enhance them as, a, as an entirely separate service um, responsible for entirely different things. Well, precisely on that then, no doubt you will have event organisers that will say to you, well, can you just spell out in layman terms exactly what you're going to do differently to my existing security company and how will that replace the police? Because presumably you don't have powers to arrest people uh, and take them off site. Absolutely. You do? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, many people will refer to it as a, uh, as a citizen's arrest, um, Section 24A of, of, of PACE. Um, which and we've all heard of the citizen's arrest, but I think many people would th perhaps it, think of it, it as an urban myth. You know? yeah. No, um, if, 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 if we need to arrest somebody because they've committed a crime or an offence, um, then we can remove them off-site or we can arrest them, um, you know, again, um, so long as all the actions are justified. And I think it's, the, it, it's that which is so crucial that, that we understand exactly what we can and can't do we understand our limitations and a lot of that comes because of all the tsg officers and certainly the senior management are ex-police experienced ex-pcs or, or senior police officers or those that have come from other law enforcement backgrounds that go through assessment or selection process with tsg and then you know have to go through training and that training is maintained annually which they have to reach a certain competency level both physical and knowledge based um, so, like I say, it's, it's that, that understanding of what we can do. You know, yes, we can arrest somebody if we need to. Yes, we can remove them off-site if we need to. Um, and there's, like I say, there's many other things that we can do, um, you know, to achieve the exact same results as a, as a police, SPS police resource would do on an event. Can I just ask, David, what, what I don't get uh, um, about what it is you do, if, there, if, there's a, if there's a festival, for instance, um, that has a proven security model and has already sort of got rid of the police in terms of financially, so they've got them on call if they need them, but they, but, and, and they've had incidents there. How do you fit that equation, if that's the case, if they've scrupulously managed their costs to not use the police and to have a, a more security, perhaps, or, or just refined security? Where do you, yeah. how do you answer that? I, I think it's, uh, you know, that's a good question. I, I think it's important to, to acknowledge that TSG won't, won't be for every single event um, out there or, 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 or festival, um, and that's plain to see, just the same as the, the, you know, the police aren't at every single event or festival, but it's that, it's that reassurance in, in, in changing times, the event industry, um, you know, the, the dynamics are changing. It's the opportunity now for event organisers to identify um, you know, a, a route to bring in 
particular trained resources to, to, to give that, that, that comfort, that, that barrier, that reassurance to the public, that capability and capacity to react if something was to happen. Um, again, you know, until, uh, and, and, until the, the, the arrangements in place are, are, are tested, I suppose that those answers, you know, never surface. Um, you know, do you wait or, or, or mm -hmm. do you, yeah. you know, you understand that there's an opportunity, you put those contingencies in place so that you know, should anything happen, then, then, then you've got a reaction there that can deal with it. And if there's a security contract, if someone's advertising for security, that's not something that TSG would apply for, or it is? No, no, it's not, no. So um, if there's a security contract, um, then it's, it, that, that's not something that, that, that TSG would be applying for. Um, you know, we uh, obviously have, have security, you know, um, contacts with security companies. So if, a, if any event organiser wanted to come to us and they wanted to, you know, seek crowd management companies, mm -hmm. then, of course, you know, we, we, have, we have names and, and, and numbers where we could, um, you know, pass those on, um, you, you know, to the event organiser that, that, that needs those. And, 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 and the, you know, the, the same applies reverses. If you, you know, we would expect crowd management companies out there to, again, understand their limitations. And if there you know, was a need that they felt uncomfortable with, um, then to be able to approach us um, and bring in our resources where we would um, complement their arrangements. What um, interaction has there been between yourselves and the actual police? Have, has there been any liaison or consultation at all with police forces? And what are their thoughts subsequently on the services that you're going to be providing yeah absolutely i mean once the police police services do their due diligence on us when they see those connected with the organization um of their, their credibility from their police careers and and, and their senior ranks um, before before they left uh, you know the police are very happy um and, and competent with the capabilities of tsg um, you know and how we can fit into the industry um and, and provide provide a service. I mean, the, the police aren't there to, you know, to, to, to be at events, but they, they are there because there needs to be additional support to the security arrangements on site, and there needs to be that public safety. Unless there is a viable, um, you know, sustainable measure or alternative um, to be able to to um, fulfil them mm -hmm. with yeah. confidence, then they're always going to be there. Yeah. And that's really where TSG come into the equation. Um, but, uh, a lot is, it has been made in recent years about um, co uh, cuts to, to police costs and budgets and, 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 and the public having this uh, ideal of bobbies on the beat and actually boots on the ground, seeing police officers walking down the high street or, or, or in their neighbourhoods from a safety point of view. The actual visual uh, presence of police officers being there as a means to deter rather than just combat um, crime. Yeah, well, we can call it that. Public reassurance, public reassurance. and deterrent, you know, so which is which, which is massive, and you can't get that without having those boots on the ground. But in, in the, with the service that you provide, what will what will it mean to the public? Um, will the TSG presence actually feel like there's a police presence there in the same way? How will you visually provide that reassurance that a lot of people get by actually seeing? badged, marked police officers? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, it only takes one look on our website to see the, the uniformity of a TSG officer. You know, it's, it's been, um, you know, carefully designed. Um, I mean, th th there's a lot of similarities, purposely because, um, you know, what we are doing is a police function. Many of the police functions that would be um, as, as a frontline response police officer on an event site, that's what the TSG officer is, is there to do. So naturally, we do look very similar. 
the um, feedback and experience that we've had from members of the public and, and, and audiences at the events where we've deployed has been overwhelmingly positive in favour of understanding um, you know, who we are, what we're there to do, and, and a sense of um, ease um, that you know, we're not the police, so we're not there um, you know, for that. But if we need to be, then we can we, we can move into that character um, if, if if the situation demands us to, and and and, and respond appropriately or, or, or accordingly to to whatever threat we're faced. But um, answer your question, it's uh, people feel that there is that, and, and you touched on it earlier, that next level. So if something was to happen, then they're competent. That there are resources, there is a presence on site that can deal with it. Be it if it's something that you know they need assistance with, or something that they're witnessing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and and expect to see some sort of assistance go and go and deal with with what's in hand. Uh, are the uh, are your staff or your officers, however you would refer to them, physically? Armed? Do you have the power to handcuff somebody to take them away in the cuffs or, there's, or there's, use there's, batons? Yeah, there's no powers um, for handcuffing. It's a, it's a use of force, um, and again, it comes down to you know justification of actions, use of force, common law. You know, again, it's it's all situation dependent on dependent on whether those restraints, for example, those mechanic, mechanics get used. And uh, uh, Nick, you, you'll have come into contact with a lot of organisers over the years. Is there budget to do this? This is going to incur additional costs, isn't it, for for events and for organisers? Are they are they actually going to have the money to? Well, that's to what I was asking these? David before. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, um, but the, if if you're taking the police out of an equation where they're in there, <coughs> then there's definitely the money, and the money goes twice as far from what I gather, because it's you're paying about half as much for TSG as you would be for police. Why is that? I think. You, well, well, why are the costs so so much higher to, 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 to pay a police force for SPS services? Well, I don't know. That's a question you'd have to ask the police. Um, you know, we've we've budgeted our costs. Um, you know, taking into account the you know the cost of sustaining uniform, protective equipment, training, recruitment, and, and obviously all the day to day. Um, you know operating costs sure, of a business yeah, yeah, really and yeah. um and uh, you know and, and obviously not forgetting the um you know the cost of, of staff on the ground those resources on the ground but in terms of how the police um acpo guidelines um you know d dictate their charges that's that's not a question i, can I think also some of the argument is one team wants to be there the other one doesn't so it's like if uh, something expensive in a shop you know you you can afford it or you can't and I think that the police are almost pricing themselves out of the market say look our priorities are not here it's a private event you look after yourselves and you know you have to get the license obviously that's where the police come in but um, beyond that look after yourselves and that, I think that's probably how I would see the difference yeah I think you know just to add on to that as well I think um, you know, there's many that, that would say that the police service on an event site isn't as efficient as, as perhaps they would expect it to be, certainly if they're paying for it, and, and, and Nick's already touched on it just now, that, you know, those um, that work for TSG that are retained by the organisation have made a conscious decision um, to be part of this. Um, you know, and, and have a keen interest in, in delivering public safety and crime prevention. They want to be there, um, and, and that's um, that's a notable, um, you know, difference when, when, when out on the ground in terms of personnel. I'm going to bring a scenario into the discussion, um, if I may. Um, wireless, uh, gate crashers, uh, fence jumpers, um, people looking to 
obtain entry into a site by force, if you if we can if we can say that. Um, are, are there powers to, to stop that? Could you could you physically intervene at that sort of level where you're talking tens, hundreds of people looking to obtain entry in that particular scenario? Well, it comes down to, to, to resources and how quick they were there. Um, you know, there's a lot of things, uh, you know, that would have happened, you know, on the lead up to that for, for that particular incident to have taken place. Um, you know, you know, no, notice one police officer there, I think, at one stage and on, on his own. And, uh, you know, if that was a TSG officer, there'd be no more that, that we could do. But it's, mm -hmm. I, I suppose, from, a, from an event organiser's point of view, the, the police resources that they had there... Had that been TSG, you could have had double the number at same the price uh, at the same price, and therefore, you know, the the, the possibility to um, to have had more resources in that particular area at the time. But there's loads of different takes and, and opinions and views on that. Mm, um, sure, sure, and and it's a bit speculative to to, to ask that, but I'm, I'm sure people listening to this will perhaps be asking that question themselves. You know, are you in any better or worse position to help prevent or or alleviate any issues that, that, that may I, crop I, up? I think the organiser would be in a better position. Um, you know, in terms of having resources in place, because as I said, you know, for the cost of what they would have, you know, had, and, and, and I'll talk broadly on, on, on that because I don't mm -hmm. know the exacts, yeah. but, um, you know, the, the number of officers on the ground, you know, could have been double and therefore, you know, been, been more sporadic, maybe, you know, be, better um, opportunities to identify crowd build-ups. Who, who knows, again, very speculative, but, um, mm. yeah, I think they'd be in a good position. Would, would you, David, get involved in, because looking at that, and I saw the, the video, obviously, um, would you have, is it part of the TSG um, concern to go around and say we need this number of people at this gate? Or would you organise that or is that down to the security team? Um, well, it's it, you know, a massive part, I think, with, with, it, with TSG inclusion. The, uh, the, the commanders that would be assigned to a task for a client, you know, they have um, significant expertise in, in, in you know, public order, crime prevention, public safety. They would certainly have their own take and their own opinions and their work with, with our clients to make sure that the crowd management in, pla in place was, was sufficient or certainly, you know, in, in their viewpoint. And, uh, you know, that would be working alongside the security companies, you know, as yeah, right. well. A team effort, um, you know, we're all there for the, for, for the exact same reason and there, there, there would be certain elements that we could bring to the table, um, you know, from a planning point of view, which, which you know, may well enhance the existing um, safety plans. Um, are there, right, let's phrase this correctly first of all, any business that, that, that enters a sector and offers a, a service and a good service and does well will ine inevitably lead to other companies, other people, other organisations thinking, ah, there's an opportunity there, we could perhaps offer that service as well. So inevitably over a period of time you may have several suppliers um, all offering a similar sort of service. How is that then potentially going to be regulated um, how are you going to stop companies trying to essentially cash in on this opportunity and the chance to, to replace these SPS um, services um, and not do it at an inferior level? Um, is there a danger there, Nick, that other companies will try, try and do this and replicate this but do it, you know, not very well at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess there's a risk in anything, but if you look at um, the general security level and, the, the, you know, they... It, the authorities got involved with the SIA licensing, <clears throat> and whether that whether you'd bring that in um, to a, to another tier, I don't know. I don't know how competitive the, it is that uh, police. Are there other thing. companies out there, David, already providing no. this, or are you? No, there aren't. On your own? No, we're, we're we're on our own, and um, that's not to say that there won't be 
companies that, that, that crop up in the future. Um, but I think it'd be down to the, the event organiser and certainly the local authorities um, to those that you know, we would be working for that would have to do their, their due diligence. And, and that's why TSG reach out and um, are very particular on, on those that work for the organisation and represent the company. Excellent. We're, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, I, I thank you both for answering, you know, some awkward questions, but these are questions that ultimately I think people are going to be in people's minds. Um, we've addressed the issue of, of the article that was on Event Industry News. Um, and I would ask that anybody who is listening to this or watching this that, that wants to get in touch, if they've got an opinion on it, you know, by all means, submit a comment on, uh, on Event Industry News. We'll tweet a link to that article. Um, you can also tweet at Talking Events if you've got a comment uh, for David or for Nick or anything that you would like to get involved with on this particular subject. I think we're going to extend it on a little bit more as well with um, a second episode and, and get the guys back into the studio, um, perhaps with some other guests as well, to talk about the wider issue of security um, at events. But for now, we should certainly thank David Boswell for joining us in the studio. David, thanks for coming in. Thank you. Nick Howden, thanks for your opinions, thanks for your thoughts, and thanks for coming back into the Talk and Events studio. My pleasure. Our thanks once again to uh, the hospitality and events team um, here at Twickenham Stadium for hosting Talking Events. My name's James Dixon. Thank you very much for listening. This is Talking Events. Mm -hmm.